Welcome to week 36, count it, week 36 of Shark Sports Radio. Alongside of me is a very special guest. Appreciate your time taking a dive into the tank tonight. As always, you can tune in using your Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and or Spotify app. And as a reminder, you can check us out at Twitter at SSR2019 underscore. And as always, on the Shark Sports Radio page. On tonight's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking to one of my favorite Florida sports media aficionados, Antoine Staley. Staley covers Florida State athletics, primarily football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball for the Tallahassee Democrat. He has covered a number of sports for various organizations, including the USA Today Sports Media Group, the Palm Beach Post, across print, digital, and broadcast mediums. He also covered the Miami Dolphins and the Carolina Panthers in the past. What's going on, Twan? Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Yeah, so we were just talking. You and I go way back. Nobody ever likes to think too far back, but I think it's very nostalgic and is worthy of the time uh, you and I spent at CLNS Radio. Yeah, back in the day, it's really, you know, taking it back further. Like, I, I you know, I remember those days. Definitely a good time. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, shout out to Sean Backey. So, Twan, the NBA has started this new format in this year's playoffs, which consists of the play-in tournament to seed the 7th and 8th seed um, for both respective conferences. I'm not too fond of this, to be honest with you. I'd rather have just, you know, 1 through 8 set up at the end of the season. Do you like the format? And also, you know, currently the Celtics are 7th, Hornets are 8th, Pacers are ninth. Wizards are tenth. Who gets the seventh and eighth seed? Uh, I think to answer your first question is, uh, I, I, I'm not really because it kind of lessens the importance on the regular season. I still think it's you should have a it, the regular season should still mean something. Yes, when you get in as a seventh seed, like you did your job throughout the course of the regular season to get in. Right. Not to take anything away from you know the tenth seed or the ninth seed, but you didn't you didn't get the job done. So. I think you should be rewarded for falling in line and finishing in those top eight seats. So, yeah, I think uh, for me, I thought it was fun last year because we were in the pandemic and everybody was in the bubble, and I thought that was cool, like one one time thing. Right. But this year, we've had more and more, like we've had more games, and you know, we didn't lose the time off because of the pandemic. And I think now that we don't have, we didn't have what we had last year, then we need to go back to what it was before. So hopefully, you know, bigger minds come after this season, especially when you got LeBron not happy about it. Yeah. Typically, the league usually listens to him, so I would imagine it's probably going to go back to the way it was before. It's a player's league. Yeah. Yeah. To answer your question, too, about the, the seeds, too, I mean, the, uh, I think like Celtics, I mean, they lost losing Jalen Brown for the year. That's really a tough blow, and they've kind of been struggling there. I still think they'll get one of those spots. Uh, the Hornets situation is a little bit, uh, you know, interesting because, you know, you get the ball back. Uh, I definitely think that definitely helps them, but they're really lacking a low post presence. So Agreed. They, get, uh, they, they could be in danger of not getting that AC, too, where a team like the Wizards, who's been playing really, really well, they get an opportunity to get one of those spots. And you got Westbrook, you got Bradley Beal, two guys who get hot. I definitely think they potentially may steal one of those spots. Right. And you know what's funny, too, is a lot of people are talking about, oh, Russell Westbrook's now coming alive. He's been doing this his entire career. 
He's been putting up triple doubles almost his entire career. And at the end of the day, he, he has to go down as one of the best point guards all around, scoring, distributing the ball, grabbing rebounds, doing stuff that point guards usually don't do in this you know era. Usually it's just, you know, shooting threes and finding, you know, ways in the pick and roll game, pick and pop type of situation. So props to Russell Westbrook. I love that the fact that him and Bradley Beal are making a run, you know, tried to make it to the playoffs, which they will hopefully get into the play in game. You spoke about the Celtics. I want to get at that because I had them at the five seed uh, at the beginning of the year, but it's been worse as expected, you know, and so I, I just I don't get it. And from afar, do you see, like, what the prominent figure for the downfall this season has been? I, I will not take I will not take COVID as an answer. Um, even though it's been thrown in the equation, I just I, I can't have that excuse on that. Something with this team is just not clicking, whether it be chemistry-wise or whatever the case may be. It's just a lot of just as Brad Stevens is coming out with, it's just not working. Right. Obviously, you're not going to get rid of Tatum and Brown when he comes back, but something has to change with this roster. And um, I, I don't know if they're getting the production from Kemba like the way they expected, it, expected them to when they came over. And, you know, you thought a lot of people thought, some people thought, I will say that, they thought they might be getting an upgrade as far as from Kyrie to Kemba because, you know, you're getting a better leadership quality and you're kind of getting similar type scoring. Right. It comes to find out that's definitely not the case. Well, with the leadership standpoint, yes, but on the court, definitely not so much there. But yeah, I think something is lacking with this team is just lineup wise, and they're gonna. Danny Age is gonna have some interesting decisions to make throughout the all season because you really you have a good foundation there, but you need to complement that foundation with better parts around it, and that's something that seems like that's really lacking in Boston at the moment. Right, and you bring up a good point. You know, Danny Age has to decide, but. Has he really like lived up to his end of the bargain? I just look at his decision making, especially this past offseason, not taking a shot at Miles Turner and uh, you know Doug McDermott or another piece thrown in the mix. I just look at it and say, you know, you can get something for Gordon Hayward or you can't. And that's when Charlotte just jumped in the mix and they said, you know what, we're gonna sign Gordon Hayward outright. Um, and, and Gordon was fine with it. And obviously he signed for that long-term contract. So, uh, again, props to Gordon for getting that contract, but the way Danny Ainge went about that process really held the, the, the Celtics in bad light. It definitely did. And then it also helped the Hornets in turn too. Cause you got a player that really, uh, helped the culture of that team. And really, they got off to a really fast start too, before kind of losing ball and kind of going down a little bit down at the standards, but yeah, getting a guy like Gordon Haywood there, I think, really helped that fresh, especially a team that's, that was so young. Yes. Had a lot of talent, and then now you get a guy that's a veteran, a seasoned veteran who can still play, too, as well, and you'd be a good contributor. Uh, I definitely think it really helped the Hornets wide in turn kind of weaken the Celtics to an extent. Agreed. And Tyro Rozier has been playing on his mind, too, for you know Charlotte, and it, it's no surprise to me he has that knack, that ability the uncanny, um, you know, scoring point guard, uh, the ability to to steal the ball when it's needed. He's a shooter. He can shoot threes, unlike somebody else on the Celtics that wants to be a shooter but can't shoot. But, um, Tuan, flipping over to the football side of it, okay, I've known you for some time now, and uh, we've both seen, you know, the ebbs and flows of the Miami Dolphins football it just feels like this has taken a turn for the better, especially after last year's performance. 
which has a lot to do with the work of GM Chris Greer and head coach uh, Brian Flores. They have put in preaching the culture uh, and passion for the football, right? Um, how would you characterize this team as currently constituted as it stands heading into 2021 season? Well, I think they're building a foundation, uh, and that's kind of what you want to see. When they, you're getting all these draft picks and uh, taking all these players at certain spots early, first two first-round picks, uh, four picks in the top 55 and the top 81 of the draft, and yeah, I mean, you're really setting your team up for success later on in the future, whether you lose certain people on your team. But, yeah, I think Chris Greer, they're building a team, and I think that's something that uh, I haven't seen the Dolphins do for some time. Definitely they do it when I was covering them regularly. And now it seems like when you get a guy like a Chris Greer who grew up, who was a general manager by name early on in his tenure, but Mike Tannenbaum was making the decisions, and now since Tannenbaum is no longer there, Chris Greer, you can really see his fingerprints on this program and getting a guy like Brian Flores, who's also helping them. They're really going hand-in-hand about what they want to do. And, you know, you go from 5-11 and 11 the first year when people thought they were tanking, which I thought was crazy, to when really there was just more of a roster turnover. Exactly. The 10-6 and six season last year, which this, it was disappointing seasons finished the way that the season ended against Buffalo, but... I think if you look at it as a whole, I definitely think they live, they went beyond expectations uh, in their second year. So now, you know, it's time to see what they can do the third year and uh, possibly playoffs. So it'll be interesting team to follow this upcoming year, and it's really going to start with the quarterback situation and how Tua develops. Yeah, and that's a great segue. So, so Tua Tagovailoa, you know, he continues to work on his, you know, work ethic and and preparation in this off season. You know, working with uh, different receivers, whether that be Jakeem Grant, uh, Albert Wilson, and Devontae Parker, obviously being the one guy, the number one guy, Will Fuller, um, their new acquisition. But I think the the biggest improvement for Tua is going to be his ultimate decision making when when it matters. I, I know he has the arm. I know he has, like I said, the cannon. Obviously, the balance between the passing game and running game needs to you know be viable in order for Tua to do what he does best. But I guess, where do you see the biggest improvement in his game going into next year? Well, I, I hope um, the more confidence. That's pretty much what I would like to see, because we know he has talent. I think we all saw that when he was in Alabama, and we saw it in signs last year. But I feel like um, just confidence was lacking, whether it be from him or also really the organization. Well, not really the organization, but more or less, I think, uh, the play caller, which now the Dolphins have two uh, offensive coordinators. So... It's definitely going to be an interesting dynamic there. Uh, I definitely think it'll help, you know, open up things uh, also in the running game, but also getting the ball down the field a little bit more, something that too you saw more in Alabama. And I think they also got him some weapons too. And they get in a, uh, like getting a guy uh, like in the first round like Jalen, I definitely think it definitely helped him. Somebody also has chemistry with uh, throughout his time at Alabama. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think they surrounded him with a lot more weapons than what they did uh, previously last year when you saw a lot of drops from the team. And it was really frustrating, especially in that Buffalo game. I, I think recently I retweeted uh, it was a ton of drops in, this, in that game. And I understand they had some injury situation concerns and stuff like that. But you got to bail your young quarterback out at times. And, and that's something that they definitely wasn't doing. But, yeah, I think a lot of people have been down on tour just because – I think people want quarterbacks and players to start off fast. It's kind of the way we are. We want everything now. And this is kind of society in general. 
man started nine games, especially coming off a major hip surgery with no typical preseason, off-season program, no preseason games. And then it's going to take some time to develop. But he's definitely looked a lot better. Like, he looks, like, a lot thicker uh, as a quarterback. You've seen the photos and training. And so I'm definitely curious to see how he develops throughout this offseason and also heading into the preseason. Yeah, and, and at the same time, Tuan, I, I look at Jalen Waddell as being a perfect guy for them. It's well-oriented what they can do. But the way I look at Jalen Waddell is a playmaker, something that the Dolphins have never had before. In my eyes, I mean, Devontae Parker, you can throw up the ball. He can go and get it. But, you know, that Tyreek Hill-esque type of player, they've never really had. You know, Jakeem Grant was a guy that they could possibly come close to Jalen Waddle. But, I mean, I would just have him be a kick return or a punt return when it's all said and done. So, needless to say, I know you cover the, you know, Florida State Seminoles. I was actually very happy in looking at, you know, what the Seminoles, you know, have as far as NFL talent now and what they've had in the past. And, you know, you got guys like Jalen Ramsey, Dalvin Cook, Xavier Rhodes, Derwin James, and you got many others uh, prominent, you know, players in the NFL and out of the NFL now. But uh, I guess why has Florida State been a school to pump out that kind of NFL talent, whereas, like, you don't know what's in the water in Gainesville, but you know what's in the water in Tallahassee area? Well, I think uh, it's just a couple of things, too, where they – just being, it's been a dominant program for many, many years. And, you know, they had some great years when Jimbo Fisher was there. He ended up kind of, you know, Bobby Bowden had some down years his last few years there, but Jimbo kind of resurrected the program, which led to the 2013 championship that in turn led into a, just a renaissance of recruiting um, as far as NFL talent. I think everybody got drafted or at least played in the NFL off that uh, championship team. But, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with just the tradition and, Really, uh, the big force would be big three schools, actually. You talk about Florida and Miami. They all pump out NFL talent there. Florida State hasn't done it as much recently, but that's because they had not really been winning as much as consistently as they have been in the years past. But they're trying to get back there. They did have some people drafted. Sante Samuel Jr., who was taken in the second round with the Chargers, which I think that's an excellent pick there. He'll, he'll definitely help that team uh, as well. Darius Robinson, uh, he'll definitely help out the Vikings there. Uh, even a guy like, you know, I know Marvin Wilson didn't get drafted, but um, he ended up getting signed by the Cleveland Browns for a ton of money. Uh, so he'll definitely help that uh, rotation there in Cleveland. And it's a good spot for him where he can really learn and don't have the pressure of a draft pick there. So right. they still have some talent there, but they're just still trying to look to get back to where they once were, um, even like five years ago. Yeah, and you honed in on the fact that uh, Santi Samuel Jr., you know, just to follow up on that, you know, speaking of Asante Samuel, a very familiar name here in New England, you know, with his days with the Patriots, I guess how good can that, you know, guy be, Asante Samuel Jr. in the NFL? I think it's a lot like his father. They're about the same height. Um, I think Samuel Jr. is probably a little bit more polished than what his father was at this point in his career. Uh, like Sam, like Sam, his father was a little bit more of a raw talent coming out of UCL. Right. Yeah, I definitely think... Um, I definitely think he could be one of the better corners in football. I'm not saying he's going to be a Jalen Ramsey or anything, but I think he's a Pro Bowl-type talent. I, I really do. I thought he was one of the top five best corners coming into the draft. He can play on the outside. He can play the inside. I just think people were kind of down on him because a lot of people like bigger corners now, but he can still play. He's 5'10", so, but he can still play on the outside as well as playing at the inside, which I think definitely think will help him at the 
next level. And getting the guy, you get a Derwin James, who's also from Florida State, getting him back and healthy, I definitely think that'll help that secondary as a whole. So the Chargers have a good young nucleus of a team there. So they're going to be um, definitely interesting to follow this upcoming year. You know, the Chargers, they know what they have in Asante Samuel Jr. So I agree with you. I think it's a perfect fit. You know, Derwin James is there too. I think it's an ideal situation for that L.A. Chargers team. But, Tuan, I, you know, I appreciate your time. Obviously, you know, you got work to do, but um, I, I definitely, you know, love your writing, and I appreciate, you know, the back and forth on Twitter. And I, I definitely want to do this again for sure because I think you're very knowledgeable, and uh, you're my Florida guy. So I appreciate your coverage for the Florida State Seminoles, Athletics, and everyone can, you know, continue to read him at Tallahassee Democrat. Once again, Tuan, and appreciate your time. Yeah, man, no problem. Anytime.